just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Welcome back and uh, good evening, afternoon, or morning, whenever you're listening. Welcome back. It's good to be back. How's it going? Not too bad. We took a good week off last week to do a little more talking on futurizing. The future is now. Well, the future is in a week or so. (laughs) Technically, the future is in 10 minutes from now. Two seconds from now. But But I got to drag you through setting up a Twitter profile. Uh, You had me at. (laughs) (laughs) But we're back. Another episode. Another episode, another week. Another week. It's been a fantastic. This weather has been absolutely amazing, by the way. Finally cooled off. Ugh, I've just, I've never been a summer man. Winter and fall, cold weather all the way. Snow. Pumpkin spice latte. Gingerbread spice lattes. Basic. Hell yeah. <laughs> I am a basic bitch when it comes to coffee. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me But too. when it comes to brewing my own, I drink it black. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> That's because you suck at brewing coffee. <laughs> no, that means I'm better at brewing coffee because I don't have to add sugar and milk to it. Fair enough. But um, no, I just i I don't know about you, but I feel like for me, different seasons kind of put they they plant seeds in my head for different types of games and movies I want to watch. Oh, absolutely. Isn't that weird? Oh, it absolutely is. It's not a nostalgic sense of of adventure either. It's literally, oh, it's fall. It's time to play World of Warcraft and Skyrim. And then in the winter, I want to play Minecraft and Call of Duty. Oh, see, and here's the thing. I don't play anything all summer long just because I have so much going on. And so when the seasons start to change, I get really hyped because I'm like, oh, I'm going to have like an hour of dark before bed to go play a game and I'm going to have time to do stuff. And like, oh, every time this time of year, it's like, I should really start a YouTube channel for gaming. Like, and then I realized I'd take three months off in the summer every year and that's just not going to (laughs) work. I have shadow play from my GeForce and dude, I have probably 50, maybe 60 gigs of saved bits. Oh, yeah. Like, of just from gaming, because I'll do something really cool, or I'll PvP in World of Warcraft or Slow Tour, and I just save it. And But I, and I always tell myself that. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, put it into a clip on YouTube, but I never do. I totally understand. I've been the same way for, like, five years. Dude, I just... I wish I could do something with it, but... Amongst, you can just do it. I can, but amongst the podcast and World of Warcraft and Star Wars: Excuses, Republic excuses. And Starcraft Two and excuses, excuses. Dota Two, League of Legends. No one needs to play League. Spend that time going ahead and uh, cutting clips. And then I have House of Dragons and you know Andor and all this other stuff to watch. You know, I'm not gonna lie. This time of year makes me want to reread Lord of the Rings every year. I love that. I love all of the Lord of the Rings. Now, Silmarillion's a little... that That's a spring book. Yeah. But this time of year makes me want to get back into reading Lord of the Rings. And I wish that Tolkien had done one thing better. I wish his history of dragons would have been more inclusive. That he'd have done more work with dragons. So it's funny you mentioned dragons because dragons right now are making a huge comeback. Right? And I've always been into draconic lore, like, ever since I was in high school. Playing Skyrim. Skyrim. The other Elder Scrolls games. Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Which, for being named Dungeons and Dragons, there's a lot of dungeons and not a whole lot of dragons. Well, I mean, yeah, there are dragons. You just got to be in the right part of the realm. And say the right things. <laughs> exactly. And... and then Magic the Gathering's making a comeback with dragons like Chromium, Vevictus, Arcades. Well, and after the. The Earth Dragon, Nicobolas. After the last two seasons of. Uh, House of Dragons? Well, after the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, I kind of figured Game of Thrones would be dead on screen, but they brought back House of Dragons, and that looks really awesome. Yes. 
I know. And then The Witcher. I mean, like, it's like... Yeah, there's some in The Witcher. Well, Old Witcher, uh, because you have Dragon, um, the the second book and the second game was about dragons, the Dragon Masters, but... I wonder why dragons are at the forefront of pop culture right now. I wouldn't say pop culture. I would say fantasy. Well, true, but that's a part of popular culture. It's really not, though. And the only reason I say it's not is because tabletops and fantasy-oriented players are typically a more niche group than pop culture. Pop culture wants the superheroes and villains. Well, that's Dragons true. aren't in that realm. That's true, but you have House of Dragons, which is definitely in pop culture. That's that's in the forefront of pop culture but now. That's on, that's, that's on screen. I'm talking about more tabletop games, card games, people who read books. Books, card games, tabletops, video games, uh, TV series, movies... It's in all of them right now, so I would classify that as being in the forefront. Kind of like a few years back. Oh, geez, almost a decade ago. I'm going to date myself. (laughs) (laughs) If you date yourself, you date me because we're only five months apart. A few years back, the big thing was vampires in the pop culture. Oh, my gosh, I remember that. I have always been interested in what drives pop culture and what it is about, I don't know, a certain time period or maybe certain things going on or what, what is it? What is it that draws certain mythical creatures to the front of popular culture? So I feel like it went from vampires to werewolves to sirens and mermaids. Oh, we had ghouls and zombies for a while. Ghouls and zombies. And now I feel like it's jumped up to dragons. Yeah. And what's next? How, How can you go bigger? Well, you can. I mean, there's there's swamp monsters, there's Loch Ness, there's, I mean, there's... Right, but what is it in the popular psyche that draws these things in? Because there's certain, like, archetypes. Like a, a ghoul or a... Or a well, ghouls and zombies are different. Though. Like a ghoul and a zombie, they're, they're low-level threats. You know, they're typically slow, they're easy to dispose uh, of. Ghouls aren't... Ghouls are a little more They're a little ghoulish. more so. <laughs> They're a little more so. But, like, it, it makes me wonder why these archetypes become popularized in certain eras. Like, what causes that to be at people's minds that they resonate with something like that? One of two things. Where are the vibrations? <laughs> How many crystals do you need? In the string theory of the cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> I Okay, I've got two answers for you. My first answer is simply, they write what they can with what they have at the time. So vampires, they wrote from lores that they had and were popular. Werewolves, sirens, mermaids, dragons, ghouls, and zombies, and etc., etc. They write with the lore that they think is going to hit, and they go with it. Right, but But what makes them hit? Hold on. Once they run out of things to write about for that lore, or they feel like, Okay, now the market's saturated with this lore. It's time to move on. Right, but what makes... That's my first answer. But what makes people consume it? What in the popular psyche makes people want to consume the archetype that is the dragon? You know, the big, powerful, overwhelming force. Or the vampire, which is... That's an easy answer. A secret, hidden force. Easy answer. What if it were real? Think about it. Think, th- think about it from the pop culture standpoint. Think about how progressive they are. Well, what if the possibility of this was real? Pop culture wants to live in the moment. They want to feel involved and intertwined with the realms of which they're engaged in, right? Right. So, what if dragons were real? Then the more they get this put in front of them, the more they want to read about it. The more things they want to buy. It turns them into markets for other things. It turns mm-hmm. them into Dungeons and Dragons, to Magic the Gathering. Or, I guess, different tabletop games, Lord of the Rings. Oh, I totally understand on their side why you would want to produce these things. What I'm talking about is why on the people's side, the consumer's side, why are they interested at, in these certain things at this certain moment? Well, that's what I, I was referencing the people. It's it's the what if it's the human psyche that says well what's what's the possibility this could become real well there is but but you've always had like Frankenstein you've had vampires you've had all these things oh, in young history Frankenstein I love that <laughs> Mel Brooks classic <laughs> Mel Brooks is generally a classic but what is it in in 
a person's mind that makes them want to consume that at that time. Because it's not just a what if. In order for a story to be compelling, and in order for a story to become like Harry Potter, like uh, Twilight, like... Ugh, don't say that. Twilight is not vampiric in any way, shape, or form. Like these major mainstream successes. True Blood would be Cultural... True Blood is better. True Blood is way better. I'm sorry, they were sparkle fairies, not vampires. Um, In Twilight, not in True Blood. Right. (laughs) True Blood, they just murdered anybody in their way. But what is it that makes these things so powerful? Because it takes a certain relatability to tell a good story. The audience has to, or in the case of a book, the reader, has to feel compelled. What compels you about dragons? Do you want me to tell you? Okay, we'll get back to dragons, but I want to finish my second answer. I only gave you one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The human psyche's curiosity for mythos and fear of the unknown. That was my first answer. Mm -hmm. My second answer is, you remember we were still we're still old enough to remember back in the day when nerds got beat up in school it happened it doesn't happen as much now but when philip and i were younger it happened so if that tells you how old we are so my other answer is back in the day people always used to say the nerds will rule the world one day look at how much of a comeback 40k magic the gathering dungeons and dragons world of warcraft star wars Lord of the Rings, all of these nerd realms and geek science fiction lore is at the forefront of pop culture. Superheroes, villains, all of these tabletop games, card games, trading cards, collectors, they're ruling the world right now because of, I, I don't want to say their meekness, but for lack of a better, better term, because of their willingness to just turn the other cheek. Say, so, you know what, someday, Jock... I'm going to own you. I think it's sort of always been the way where whatever, that was putting it lightly. I whatever guess. the outcast group is will eventually become the in group. It's just it's the nature of the thing because I don't know what drives it, but eventually the outcomes outcast becomes the in group. But here's the thing. Everybody who reads anything has to find it relatable in some way on a subconscious level in the case of archetypes. Generally, people don't read Harry Potter and feel compelled because they can think of why a wizarding world might be compelling to them, why a secret hidden world would be a compelling compelling story. In relation to their life, though, they're trying to relate to it. Right. Now, the story itself and the characters itself has to be relatable. You can't have crappy dialogue. You can't have terrible characters. Mm -hmm. But also the archetypes need to be somewhat relatable. Like poltergeists, ghosts, demons, (coughs) werewolves. Yeah. Werewolf is a a archetype. It is. But it's relatable because everyone has that side of them you don't want to see. But it's a mythical... The archetype of werewolf, in my mind, is the mythical abstraction it is the far end of the spectrum of like an anger issue a person who can't control their rage yeah so a lot of people know people who straight up can't control their anger they have anger problems Mm -hmm. a werewolf is just taking that to extreme and mythicizing it kind of like uh, a vampire is a mythos of a certain type of person the the blood sucker the person who an isolated Individual, an isolated person who takes credit for things they don't deserve, mm-hmm. are willing to suck the blood of society to succeed. Arrogance. It's an archetype, and so my question is, what is it about these archetypes over the years? And maybe I need to sit down and actually like write down the dates that Harry Potter got famous. That early two thousands, right? But write down the actual dates, and I don't know. Look at pop culture look at politics look at you know the histories well that that's a big one too right but like the political spectrum can be compelling in ways outside of just politics that's absolutely but it could be pop culture it could be uh, what type of movies were popular what was the 
sociological standpoint of people at the time, it would be a huge question to ask, but it, it is a huge question. What makes us want a certain ar- archetype at any given time? Well, I, I feel like my answers are, I'm going to stay with my answers. It's the, it's the evolution of the human mind and the fear of the unknown also being curiosity of different sociological groups. So eventually these different, I don't really want to call them hierarchs, but in millennials, Gen Zs, uh, people our age even, they see these groups that, and they're like, well, I wonder what it would have been like if I was a part of this group. So in order to feel that way, the human brain says, I have to act that way. So that's why you see all these professional football and basketball players, professional rappers, all playing Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering. When I guarantee you in high school, they were playing sports. Some of them. And Well, I, I'm generalizing, but I'm generalizing to a point. And the point is simply, in order to truly understand what a different group is like because you're tired of your own group, you have to put yourselves in the shoes of that group. I think you're right, but I think there's so much more. I'm just giving... Well, uh, trust me, I could go into it, but that would go way over our hour episode. <laughs> right. But I'm just generalizing because... I truly feel like I'm seeing every time I went, I mean, I went to the Magic the Gathering store today or um, a local game store, a comic book store and was looking at magic cards and there were people in there obviously judging a book by its cover, but people I've been going to this local game store here in our, our town for the decade or more. I know everyone who plays magic 40 K dungeons and dragons, Pokemon. Like I know all the people, I know the owner of the store, right? And there are people, there's more people there every single month that I've never seen. New blood, fresh blood. Well, Something's compelling them to, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you, something is compelling them to try it, and I don't know what it is. Well, and An I increase think it's in marketing? A, I think it's a major cultural shift. Because I remember when I was 16, 17, you know, fresh license, taking the girlfriend to a movie or whatever it was that I was doing on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. The malls were packed. Oh, God, yeah. You couldn't find a seat in a food court. And there was people everywhere, noise everywhere, hundreds of people. You never get a chance to play the arcade games back then. Oh, you? no. <laughs> the lines would be too long. <laughs> My wife and I went into a food court at a mall tonight, Saturday night, to go grab food. Mm-hmm. There was maybe 50 people. In the entire mall. Yeah. Like nobody. Mm-hmm. I, it blew me away and I got to thinking about it. When I was that age, the culture that I grew up with and my generation grew up with was Mean Girls and the the American high school stories. American Pie and well, not another teen movie. I love those movies. They're so good. <laughs> but even like uh, High School Musical and all that crap. Yeah. And it was it was the all-American view of the, the American teen life. Yeah. You went to a mall. You hung out with your friends. You shopped a little bit. That was... What they, what my generation had grown up with since five or six years our, old. Our generation. I'm still a part of it. Well. We're five months apart. I'm, I'm speaking about myself, so I can't guarantee that all of our fans are my generation. Well, statistics, yeah. Well, but, we won't get into that. Anyway. But it's changed. Drastically. Dram- oh, absolutely. And so these people who are now turning 17, 18... They are growing up with a different culture. Mm. They didn't grow up with the mall being the center. In a lot of cases, they grew up with... There's movies like... I can't think... Is it... It's the zombie spoof movie. The parody movie where they're in the... Zombieland? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Zombieland. Mm-hmm. With... Uh, oh, fuck. What's the name of that actor? I don't remember. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. He's so funny, dude. I love Woody Harrelson. Zombieland. And I don't know any others because, quite frankly, I'm old. But it's a different culture. They don't hang out in the in the popular culture. They don't hang out in the mall. No. They hang out 
in in their own generation's places. Well, COVID had a lot to do with that because for a couple of years, people weren't allowed to go to malls. So I feel like that really broke the habit of people going to hang out. Well, and I think... Mini golf, go to the arcades, go to the skate rink. I think that's a part of it. But a lot of the pop culture was small groups. Harry Potter, three friends doing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Twilight, a group of friends doing their stuff. All of Even these, Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Smaller group, six people doing a thing. But then you take this and you normalize in pop culture just a few friends hanging out wherever they hang out. Whether that's Burger King or the coffee shop or just the backyard. And then you mix that in with two years of COVID where the malls were shut down. Mm-hmm. And you had to go hang out with your friends. Well, what do you do? You, you can only play Call of Duty so much. So when you get bored with that, you go pick up a new hobby. And you order something on Amazon and here arrives a deck of, of uh, Magic the Gathering cards or Pokemon whatever it cards. is. And so all you can hang out with is your friends in your parents' basement and I'm talking 16, 17-year-olds mm. or even college age. You know, you can't go out and party because the cops will pull you over and, and kick your butt for just partying. Well, I mean, we did that in college. That was fun. Right, but we got away <laughs> with it. Like, well, because the we... cops would the cops would break it up if there was booze. But uh, if the you cops were just... where we went to high or where we went to college were uh, a different sort. But if you were just <laughs> but if you were just hanging out and partying, the cops would show up and be like, "Yeah, no booze. You're uh, just, whatever. Yeah. Keep it down." Or they'd just tell you to go. home. <laughs> Go home, whatever. But when you're locked in your basement with nothing to do and somebody pulls out a deck of magic cards, you can get six or seven people into magic real fast. Well, listen to this, then. You've played magic with my nephew. Yeah. I got my nephew into magic. I got my brother into magic. I got... We've got a group of about a dozen people now. I got... My nephew's brother-in-law into magic. Well, two of my nephew's brother-in-laws into magic. Three years ago. He got his wife into magic. My brother got his wife into magic. I got my... Like, I I started this trend where people just... Three three years ago, you and I talked about, hey, I really wish we had more people to play magic with. Yeah. Now we get together and a dozen people show up. Yeah. That's just the two of us. Right. Like, you could easily... And I've got a few other people into magic... Now, they're a little further away, so they don't show up, but every once in a while, we could do... I could see us pulling a group of 40 people together. Oh, it'd be easy. In a heartbeat. If the stars align, though, everyone's... Right, everybody's got a schedule. But my point is, if you take and you shove everybody into their house, and even one of them is a fan of Dungeons & Dragons six months into the pandemic and you're still locked down... And one of them says, hey, I've got a game we could try. You know, we've played all these games that are short games. Let's play one that's, you know, six weeks long. We'll play every night. Still going to be six weeks long. It's called Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Depends on the campaign. (laughs) You could really... And the Dungeon Master. Right. So it, it could very easily become almost more virile than the virus itself. So, that that's not me being... Facetious. That's, that's just me. <laughs> You're being facetious. Well, we get it. I'm not making a knock on the virus. It's very, very transmissible. But it's a great play on words. Um, yeah. But it, it really can. Because if one person is there, you can get everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the culture changes. Just like that. And malls die. I think that whole, like I said, it all relates back to sociology and the human psyche. People want to experience different things. I, I feel... Why dragons specifically at this very moment? Because vampires had like a decade of a run, maybe more. They had a really good run. Werewolves had about, I want to say, probably four years of a good run. Lichens... Zombies had probably another ten years of a run, but that bled over into the I, wizard and witches. Yeah, and then and then wizards and witches had their run. You know, you had the almost Witcher, twenty you have, years. Yeah, 
like they Lord had a Rings, really good run. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Witcher, even Game of Thrones. Like, yeah, but Lord of the Rings has like a hundred and fifty year run so far. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean, though. But I just I, I feel like now all of a sudden out of the blue, all of these other mythos and archetypes just got swept under the rug and dragons. Dungeons and Dragons, you have the new release of Baldur's Gate yeah. with the ancient seven dragons making their return. I you really want to I really want to mess with that. Trust me, I'm trying to make a Tiamat deck. It's a it's a rainbow deck with all dragons. That's rough to do. <laughs> it's not in a commander cuz you have 100 cards. Me and a buddy of ours, we played with a rainbow deck for a long time and never got it to work. Yeah, uh, old Lucas. I I don't know. He never could just get his mana count right, man. But well, and even when he had it right, it's he had terrible draws. I know. He just you either he'd yeah. start with four manas in his hand. <laughs> yeah. and he'd be like, yeah, this is a great. Hand. He'd get halfway through the deck, halfway through the game, and he'd have a fistful <laughs> of cards, no mana. That's back when uh, God, what was was that? Avison restored. Yep. Yeah, because I remember I was playing my my mono black vampire deck and. Lucas was trying out his rainbow deck, and what's that guy's name? Taylor. One of the other guys in our dorm had an, had this angel deck, and angels back in the day were just so busted. Oh, yeah. Hexproof, indestructible. They're still kind of busted if you play them right. They can be, but he was playing mono white. So he was just exiling everybody. That's dirty. He had all these indestructible angels. Lucas was mana locked because he couldn't draw creatures, and I had all these ground guys with lifelink, and it did me no good because I couldn't block flyers. Right. But, so you have, right now you have Baldur's Gate, the Ancient Dragons Return. You have the House of Dragons from Game of Thrones. Which you surprised have, me a little bit. Well, and then you have the Witcher making its return. Supposedly dragons are returning then as well. And then you have... Oh, they've uh, taken a key from from Skyrim. Oh, of course. Well, then <laughs> Skyrim. Then you have the Elder Scrolls. All the Elder Scrolls games coming out with more and more dragons. I don't know that I would say that's in the forefront of popular culture it's, right now. It, but it Although, was with some of the mods, Skyrim is coming back. Because now you can play multiplayer I'm talking in about Skyrim. Elder Scrolls Online. They're re-releasing Oh, that's such dragons. garbage. It, but it's still at the forefront. Yeah, I suppose. It's and pretty then, big. Hold on, and then I'm, let me continue. World of Warcraft is coming out with Dragon Blight. Yep. So they're bringing back dragons in the Wormrest Accord. <laughs> dragon Flight. So if you can't fly dragons, then that is just gonna be it's gonna be. Oh, terrible. you can! You've seen my mounts. <laughs> and then uh, Lord of the Rings. I have. I'm. I wish they would get more into dragons again. Please don't. But. One failure is enough. <laughs> Are you talking about smog. Your mistakes. <laughs> talking about smog. No, smog wasn't. Terrible, but he wasn't what he should have been. That's all I know. They're never what they should be. I know, but you know what I mean. But I don't want them playing with dragons because, quite frankly, Smog is done. He's been covered, start to finish, and he was the littlest, smallest, the biggest, or the bigger you get in dragons in that kind of setting, the easier it gets to screw it up. Well, yeah, because now, then you have to take a power ratio into a cord. Cinematically, I would absolutely love to see the battle to exterminate the dragons in Lord of the Rings. Oh, from... Um, uh, the Elves of Mirkwood. Yeah, uh, Legolas' dad. I can't I remember his name. Does it start with a D? I don't think so. I don't remember, but he had um, they his the dragons burnt his face. They did a really good job of showing that oh in the gosh. in the Hobbit. Now, I would love to see that cinematically. I don't trust any major corporation to do that oh. on ca- on camera, especially now that Amazon owns Lord of the Rings. Sorry, I, Amazon, you won't get my vote on this one. I don't trust you. You, throw you, money butchered, at it. you butchered the rings of power, so... I don't know. I, I won't watch it. I'm just telling you what I've heard from every source that I have. <laughs> it's trash, and I'm not even going to waste my time. But... Just like I'm not going to waste my time on that stupid Star Wars... What's that animated series they have coming out? Um, Tales of the Jedi or some crap about Yoda's time. 
It's all animated. It looks like an anime in Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. I, I watch anime. I appreciate anime. I'll probably watch Keep it. Keep it away from science fiction and I'll Star probably Wars. watch it because that looks kind of... It, it looks kind of goofy looks and like, it looks new and I'm... They're going to butcher I'm the okay. lore. I'm okay. They're going to butcher the lore. I'm okay they're with... But, they're going to butcher it. They might. But I'm okay with trying new things. It's not that I'm not okay with trying new things. I'm... I'm apprehensive to try new things because of... How many f- things they've screwed up? I would rather not know what they screwed up. They've got to be running out of mistakes to make at this point. Um, like, they've made no, all of them. No, they haven't. They have made all of the mistakes. They're currently making a mistake. The Ahsoka series. <laughs> I, <laughs> got I, him! I might actually agree with that. <laughs> I do kind of think that's a mistake. <laughs> but all of that aside... Come on, Kit Fisto. Okay, Kit Fisto, I'll give you that. Plocoon, but at the same time, I'm apprehensive because I would rather, like I said, I would rather not know the outcome of a failure and how it ruins things that we grew up with, things that we know to be lore and canon and true, than have to waste my life watching it when I could do something better with myself. It's true. I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I do programming. I read books. I play video games. I'm already wasting a lot of my life, but it's fun. But I have my limits. Even I have my limits. Like, there are things I just won't even touch with the dark <laughs> Like, I just... I, I'm willing to give it a shot because it looks kind of interesting. It looks kind of new. It, it's a new style. And it seems like it might be a new style of storytelling that they're trying. <sighs> and so it's new enough that I'm willing to give it a shot depending on who's in charge of the project. I, I agree with the Amazon. I, I'm not gonna give them my money to watch that. I, I will. I will die without paying for that. But that being said, it's really interesting because I've always loved dragons. I love dragons. Well, hold on. Oriental dragons or European? Yes. Okay. Good answer. Dragons in general. Um, I even like like the Mayan dragons. Uh, th- those are like humanoid. The Mayan dragons are an interesting sort. They're goofy, and I liked it. I like dragons, but I'm really, really, really apprehensive because I have seen Western media get this stuff so wrong on multiple accounts. Not just on the non-Western dragons, like you get into the Eastern dragons or the New World dragons. They get those wrong all the time, and that's kind of acceptable because they have no idea culturally. Like, in that case, hire somebody who grew up in that culture so that they know the mythos. Maybe that's a good idea. Yeah, but then you'd have to get historians involved, and typically a lot of companies want to stay away from that because... I'm sorry, Amazon threw how many billion at... at, at Lord and of the look Rings. what happened. Come on. They didn't hire anybody. They hired a bunch of social justice whacks and bimbos who didn't know what they're doing. They're trying to push an agenda instead of trying to push historically correct lore. There's truth to that. And I see that changing. I don't know if I'm right or not, but it seems like companies are realizing that what people really want isn't moralizing, it isn't grandstanding, it isn't... People just want good stuff. We just want a good story. And, and quite frankly, I've said this before, I don't care if you have brown elves, black elves, white elves. Yeah, it's not correct to Tolkien's lore. They were fair-skinned and blonde-haired. Because it's Northern European lore. Right. But if they're the best actor, I don't care. Now, what I will stand on my head with is there is no such thing as a short-haired elf in Lord of the Rings. Nope. Uh, I will agree with that. I don't care. There are in The Witcher, but not in Lord of the Rings. In Lord of the Rings. Do you know what a short-haired elf is in Lord of the Rings? (laughs) It's a Vulcan. I know. (laughs) And I can't unsee it. I was going to say Romulan, but it's the same thing. I heard it depends on the house elf. (laughs) That's true. I I can't unsee it. I can't unsee it. Like, every time I see a clip from that... 
Wait, we're crossing science fiction with fantasy now? I, I Every time I see a clip of the new show, it's like... It's like watching Star Wars and it bothers the heck out of me. Because it's like, where's the phasers? They're supposed to be fair and elegant, long-haired, and, and I don't know how the original three movies did it, and really how The Hobbit did it. Now to top it off, you just have to elf have a, the one-liner. Interesting. Right? <laughs> oh, that would that would sell. Bring back Spock. That movies. would almost that would almost fix the series. Oh god. That would almost make me want to watch the series. Interesting. It would be like seeing Spock in Star Trek have long blonde hair. <laughs> Don't and blue eyes. Like like just just throw that in there, and all of a sudden I'm gonna have to st- stop watching Star Trek and go watch Lord of the Rings. I'm not uh, sure which is bigger, time suck, but we'll leave that out. I don't know. So, I'm excited to see where dragons, where we go from dragons. I'm excited to watch the dragon, the dragon media for a while. I'm really interested to see where we go from dragons. Yeah, because we've kind of been escalating. I, I touched on this earlier. We started at like zombies and ghouls. Which are fairly low level compared to like a compared werewolf. to the other mythos, yeah, they're kind of at the bottom of the food chain or the pyramid, I would say. Yeah, and then then we had uh, werewolves for a bit, and, and that was like, mixed with uh, wizards and witches, which vampires. is a little little higher. It was mixed with vampires. Well, yeah, but then you had vampires come after that, and that was mixed in. Then you had wizards and witches make a return, right? Witcher, and so Lord we're pretty low level, but we're growing in level. Right, but I feel like now with dragons, and dragons have kind of been on the back burner for about the last 10 years, but they're making a return now. And they're at the forefront. Right, but we've been moving up in the I just gave criticality. S- I just gave six examples of the forefront of pop culture as of yesterday. Oh, yeah. As of this morning, even, for dragons. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it's, it's, it's a train that's not stopping. No, absolutely not. But where do we go next? Like... Like I said, we went from we went from ghouls to wizards and witches and uh, werewolves, which are essentially humans but better. Then we went to vampires, which are immortal humans but more powerful because they have super speed and super strength and stuff. If you really want to get into it, there was a period. Then of time they went where... to superheroes like Iron Man and the Hulk. That's pretty big. That's the big guns. But they had a, there was a short period of years where they did AI and robots a lot. We did AI and robots. I for wouldn't a call while. them archetypes, but it was still at the forefront. There's an archetype to it. It's like a Vulcan. To AIs, yes. To robots, I would. Well, well, yeah. There's an there's an yeah. emotionless, logical robot, thinker. You had Terminator. It, there's you had, a definite architect type yeah. to it. But, I'm just speaking in terms of mythos. I oh, absolutely. I consider them mythos. But then we moved into superheroes, obviously. And that's like the big guns. That is include, that is superhuman. I would include Star Wars and superheroes as well. To a yeah, degree. Yeah. To a degree. Absolutely. And then you bounce into dragons, which is like going from 10 to 100. Don't forget about the science fiction era, too. Halo, Mass Effect, 40K. Even right, but those are people plus. Come back those were humans plus. Like, even the Spartans were humans, but better. Yeah, but it could still be on that cusp. That could almost be superhero level. I would consider it on the cusp of superhero with science fiction. I, w- if, I would say if it was superhero, the main focus would have been hundreds of the super soldiers, not one. Because aliens could be considered an archetype too. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. But all of these things, they've been growing in severity and power level. Where do you go from dragons? How do you get more powerful than dragons? I wouldn't necessarily say it's growing in power because if that's the case, <coughs> werewolves and vampires would have been precursor to the dragons now. If you're talking about power level. No, no, no. I'm just saying generally there's an upward curve. Sometimes it plateaus, sometimes it's a little bit down, but generally the curve is upward in power. Okay, here's one from Mythos then. <coughs> More mythical creatures. Chimeras. Hippogriffs, ancient Egyptian lore. Those are considered archetypes. Some of those are coming back. Well, they but that's my point. They're, they've only just started. 
But They've where, only just started. But, Avatars, even. But where do you Not go? Not the movie Avatar from DreamWorks. I'm talking actual avatars of people. But my point is, where do we go from there? Because we started at just normal people. Well, then you had a period of time where it was gods and demigods. Yeah. But we started back in, like, the 70s with things like Animal House and... <laughs> but they're just stories about people. Even into yeah. the 90s, you had, like, Mean Girls. You had... You had different jocks and, and teen films, and that's just stories about people. Sometimes the people had great gifts. You know, they could sing really well, or they were really good at sports, or whatever it was. Or they were just told good at you. making a mess. Told you at the start. Sociological evolution. It's true. People want to feel a part of something greater than themselves. But it has to be relatable. It doesn't always have to be relatable. It has to be about, in the moment, putting themselves in a different reality. Whether that reality is something that's attainable or something that's com- so far-fetched but, that it takes your mind out of where it is. But you're not going to read an 800-page book if it's not compelling. And in order to be truly compelling, I would hold that it has to be somewhat relatable. That's why most books written are written from the standpoint of the viewer's age. I can't agree, I can't agree so with that you, for one reason. If you, write, you, go if you write a book like... Percy Jackson. Mm, You write it about a teenage protagonist. Why? Because you're trying to get teenagers to read it. You write a book about Fifty Shades of Grey. Huckleberry Finn. Fifty Shades of Grey. You write it about a 30s female because that's who you want to read it. A middle-aged female. But science fiction and fantasy are different because you're trying to appeal to more than just this particular group of people. They're specifically trying to promote their criteria to the nerds and the geeks and their fandom, but they also broaden their horizons to appeal to everybody. Oh, absolutely. But, and they do that fairly well in most cases, but my point is, you are aiming to make it believable, moving, compelling, and in a sense, relatable. Why I th- I think Harry Potter really picked up in steam because a lot of preteens and teens feel powerless. They feel that's literally what I just said though. They right, they want to feel involved in something. So they feel greater re- than themselves. So it's relatable, and it almost has to be. At least a nugget of it has to be relatable. Anybody can relate to feeling like the odd man out. They can relate to feeling like the outcast. And then to read a story about the outcast who turns out to have something great within them. That is relatable and compelling and believable. Like Jamie Lannister. Yeah, kind of, in certain cases. Jamie... I just mean he had just one of the most amazing character arcs. I related more to Tyrion. <laughs> well, not as not on a personal level. I, I don't, I'm not saying I related to him, I'm just saying... His character arc was so compelling. He was the arrogant prick that everyone hated in the beginning. Oh, he's a definite archetype, and there's a definite redemption arc. Right. And, and, and a Luke, really good one. Uh, right, but then and then you have Luke Skywalker. And there's conflict on his story. It, and, but, but what I, my point is, it's not that way with archetypes. It can't be that way with archetypes. Why not? Because you... Jamie Lannister is an archetype. He's your archetypical jock. It, it's he's your archetypical jock. No, he's not. Ar- I'm talking archetype in terms of mythos. Okay, okay, so, mythical ar- archetype. Right. So in mythos, it's more difficult to relate to someone because, again, I'm still the reason I disagree with your statement earlier was because I'm still going back to people are trying to feel more powerful than they are. They want to belong in a realm that doesn't exist because of whatever they're dealing with in real life. Or they're just super nerd fandom, a part of the fandom. Of well, that can be, but what makes you <laughs> super into something? And another reason I would disagree is your, your statement earlier about an 800-page book that's not compelling. Now, if you're truly devoted to a particular series or, I mean, my wife, for instance, has been reading this fantasy series about vampires and fays, not fairies, fays. There's a Which difference. series? Is it the Shadowhunter series? Uh, there, she's reading like three different ones, but she says some of the books are boring, some are great. So my point is, take Dungeons and Dragons, for instance. 
Did you ever always like every single dungeon that the dungeon master picked? So far, yeah, but I had great dungeon masters. Well, okay. I, <laughs> even I've had good dungeon masters, but there were some dungeons where I was like, this is just so tedious. Now, I play... Big man, shout out to you. I want good character lines. <laughs> I I play a lot of caster, warlock, sorcerer, wizard. That's my, that's my role. So, when we do Dungeon of the Mad Mage... Oh, start... no, no, no. Very simple. No matter what size the room is, cast Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a small room, that means all the enemies die. That's not the point. The point is, you know, you have the Yawning Portal, which is at the tavern on the end of uh, the Dungeon of the Mad Mage. It's the very beginning. The most boring intro ever. The Yawning Portal, the first room, so boring and tedious. And if you don't have at least Not one... if you roll two natural 20s. No, okay. But <laughs> with my luck, I'd get snake eyes, so screw you. So with... That's why he has to cast Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> win or lose, I win. <laughs> but then you get to Muriel's Grave. No, I agree. I agree that... And if you don't have a cleric, you're fucked. <laughs> I, I agree. So you go through all that painstaking crap of weeks on end of doing the grind of the dungeons, and then you get to Muriel's Repost. If you don't have a cleric or a wizard, you're screwed. I agree. But it's still compelling because you enjoy it, right? Right. So I'm just countering your argument about the books. But you're not countering my argument. You just said it's compelling. Even but, though but it's your argument, boring. Your argument was if it's not compelling, they won't read it. I My disagreement is in that there's a lot of boring stuff in Dungeons & Dragons, but I love it so much I'm willing to put up with it. And do you feel compelled because of the good times? Well, we definitely make it fun except when we wipe in a dungeon. Then it sucks. <laughs> so it's still compelling. It can be. I'm, I'm talking about like a no-name story that has terrible everything. There is well, no reason to read it. If you have to blow the dust off the pages, you're probably not going to want to read the book. But my point is, in order to become something super popular, like Harry Potter is a great example. Yeah. There has to be something compelling. Because otherwise, most people are going to set it down. Sure, there's going to be a fandom. Sure, there's going to be people that read it. And they're going to get through it, but most cases, people are going to go, I'm 100 pages into this, and I, I can barely stay awake. I'm not reading the rest of this crap. Yeah. And I know plenty of books like that. But, quite frankly, I can't tell you any of their names, because they weren't compelling enough for me to remember. I actually have read some Star Wars books that are like that, believe it or not, and some comic books that are... Oh, there's so many bad comics. It's just, especially Marvel's uh, Marvel's Star Wars comic books. Why does are... it seem like anything Marvel in the past five years was terrible? Well, that's because it is. I mean, if you're if you're new and up and coming in the fantasy and or not fantasy, but in the superhero world, you're gonna love it. If it it's what if it has any to. number above two thousand and say twelve, don't bother buying it. Well, that's not true. The Reverse Flash and the Venom series has always been good, but those they are weren't, but but those are villain stories. Villain stories are way harder to mess up than hero stories, especially when it comes to lore. Disagree. Super easy to mess up. Try to make them a hero. Well, they haven't done that yet. Right, but that's the. I mean, you you'll ruin the story by just doing that. It's super easy to mess up. Anything's super easy to mess up. I'm saying in terms of, of lore, they're not really going to change the lore just by doing that. I'm talking in some oh, of the shows didn't and... Didn't you hear that, that Venom's now a they-them? What? Ruined! What are you talking about? Oh no, I'm just saying, that's how easy it is. Like, all of a sudden, they throw in... Uh, oh, Venom's I was about to them. just leave Venom's a, a they-them. All of a sudden, it's ruined. It's super easy, dude. No. They haven't... And God bless them for not ruining it. But to say it's hard to ruin, I can do it in an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I can ruin just about anything in minutes. Trust me, I can too, but my point is just simply that... Making a truly good product is difficult. That's my point. To actually make it stick. So, to basically start wrapping up this the episode, I mean, we've, we've still got about ten minutes, but... That's what they're doing. 
they're making it interesting because they're starting to understand the social hierarchs of society, the society, the um, sociological norms of people, the angst of teenagers, the burdens of adolescents and mid mid aged adults. I guess I would say, and then the freedoms that. 40 plus year olds have oh really because i thought there was two factors one there's more customers because it's becoming more popular so there's more produce so there's more start? likelihood of good stuff how does it start like that oh i really think it was 40k and the 30k and all novels i think it was uh well, i will agree with you on the 30k i will not agree with you on the 40K. well i just generally mean like black library i think it was black library writing the 30k the the Horse, Horace Heresy, Heresy novels I beat you to made it. them super popular, it did. and it brought a lot of people into the hobby, and that kind of started the ball rolling. That's been years, but the second thing is, I think what it really boils down to is money. If well, you're not making money, you change things. Right, and look at what Wizards of the Coast did for Magic: The Gathering. Two years ago, they came out with. Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, which is Dungeons and Dragons. They incorporated it into Magic the Gathering cards. Success. Then, two years later, here we are, just about three months ago, they had Baldur's Gate. Yep. And the Return of the Dragons come out. Another Dungeons and Dragons set. They it, really it need to do a better job it, of lore. Well, Baldur's Gate kind of flopped on the market for the collectors. It did not flop for the individuals who collected the cards. Okay. Now, hold on, let me finish. Now... 40K is coming out in Magic the Gathering. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. The Magic the Gathering company needs to do a way better job. They need to release with each of these an hour or an hour and a half long movie cinematic quality of lore because I'm really, really, really tired of piecing lore together. Just give me a movie of Baldur's Gate. <sighs> Just name the movie Baldur's Gate no. and throw it at... Throw it. Oh, in a Vampires and werewolves. Well, you can start wherever you want. Avacyn. Preferably, Eagles. start with 40K, just because I'm a huge fan. Anyways. There, well, yeah. But throw a movie out, cinematic trailer, or even a miniseries, and you could do it fairly cheap. There is a movie for 40K coming out. Yeah, but not for Magic the Gathering. Well, there doesn't have to be for Magic the Gathering. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying I want an, a fully encompassed Magic the Gathering lore line. Necron Dynasties, baby. Uh, I wasn't as impressed. Tier, you're, I know you're going to go Tyranid. No, I'm not. What? I'm not going anything. It's about the collected value. You don't have to open it. No, I want space commies. And I will stand <laughs> on my head until I get space commies. They're still selling individual cards outside of space. That. Commie. They took the they took the more popular raw ones, obviously. And that is why I will bootleg it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna throw this out there. This has bothered me for years, and if we ever throw a video camera up for this, I'm gonna point at it and, and laugh hysterically so that everybody who watches that video can notice that your Charizard has no thumb. Charizard doesn't have a thumb. Well, the thumb, the toe. The big toe. It does <laughs> not have a nail. It should have a nail. Yes, it does. One, two, three. And then he has three hand, three fingers. It looks like it should have a, th a big toe on the right side. You're talking about this? Nope, nope, other side. That is two squared. What are you talking about, dude? Should have a toe. Bro, that was made in Strong Japan. Strong wrong. It was made in Japan. I'm pretty care. sure they did it right. They didn't do it right. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. It looks wrong. It looks funny. I don't like it. It's bothered me for years. So does your 40K paint job. Cheese, Louise. Too far, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little though. That was my bad. You know I haven't gotten that paint job done. Because <laughs> you buy the cheap Chinese paint, jerk. You're not supposed to do that. Well, not if you want it tournament worthy. I don't go to tournaments. I know. You should. There's a lot of good <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good forty K tournaments around here. Generally speaking, there are. And I just don't I just I'm not a tournament guy. I, it takes too much time. And and quite frankly, I'd rather be at home drinking a whiskey sour. Yeah, but 
I mean, I... I'm a painter. That's all I am. Well, I know, but it's it's also about just going just to watch. Like, there's times I feel like... I can do that on YouTube. Well, I suppose. I, I personally, I've always... Because way back in the day, you know, when we were in college, our friend Lucas and I would always go to some of the Magic and Pokemon tournaments here in our town. And we would go watch them play. We wouldn't necessarily play. Eventually, we did get into playing, but we would watch. It was the social aspect. Go, hang out, watch these guys who have thousands of dollars in this deck of cards just wail on each other and talk shit while they're doing it. So we didn't ever really actually play until one year he and I came to the conclusion, let's just try a game. So we did. We got our butts kicked, but, you know, we had fun. Yeah. So I guess for, in your case, you don't necessarily have to play 40K, but if you just go, and I mean, I'd be more than willing to go with you because I'm a 30K guy myself, but we could watch these guys play, watch these guys who have thousands of dollars and thousands of hours of time and just watch them play. Yeah, that sounds really awesome except for one thing. There's one word. That word is people. I live in the middle of nowhere in a bunch of hills. Strictly because I'm the people that live there, and that's it. Well, I, I mean, I'll give you that. I'm kind of the same way, but I also appreciate that social aspect. I liked when I go to the bank, I talk to a teller. Oh, really? I push buttons. Yeah. When I go to the or post office. Or better yet, I don't go to the bank and I use my phone. Yeah, I don't. When I go to the post office, I talk to the people. I use the scale. I talk to the postmaster. When I go to the store, I talk to the clerk. Self-checkout. I don't, I don't do self-checkouts. <laughs> See, I, 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 I'm a type of person who has to talk to oh, people. Oh, I respect that. Better. And if you want to build an army, I'll paint it for you. You can go play with it. <laughs> well, so I get my ass kicked? Uh, yeah, and I will watch the VOD. Okay. Uh, no, my, my wife's the same way. She's all ease of access versus me. I'm old school, man. If it's Saturday, I'm going to go out, run my errands. I'm going to actually talk to the people. It's the reason they were hired to have that job in the first place. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're people. Not everyone's a bad person. No, so very, very, most, very few it, are good. It just so happens that more people have bad tendencies than not. No, no, that's not necessarily yes. true. It's a bell curve. You've got good, bad, but 99% of people are just meh. And I'm not wasting my time with just meh. That's why you go to these local game stores to hang out with people who are above meh average. But are they? I mean, there's a lot of neck beards and a lot of lisps and, you know, but <laughs> that's the territory. It is, it is. And I, I do like people. I just, for me, I, I'm not a people person. I Well, I know. It was hell in college trying to drag you out to parties. Me and Lucas would go to parties and then Phil would just disappear and we were like, where do you go? Uh, I just went home. I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> I was like, but when we went out to, I you got know, my buzz on. I know, but when we would go to karaoke nights, which don't get me wrong, those were dread. But you know, the whammons wanted to go, so we had to go get drug along too. Yeah, you and I would usually just pick a booth and get plastered while everyone else was out. <laughs> Or we went out with the 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 Veterans Association. That was a good time too. You know, I got along with those guys real well. well those I, were my type type of people. They're mine too, but uh, that's for obvious reasons. You know, right? We we both served, and so it's typically easier for us to assimilate with people who have the same humor we do. Oh yeah, absolutely. As opposed to just going out somewhere and. I went down to Texas for a week with those guys, dude. I had the best time. I think I spent a total of like fifteen minutes sober. You know, that was after I graduated, and I was so sad that I wasn't there for that. That was a huge bummer, but I'm not going to lie. Like, I just started my new job after college, and I was raking in the dough. I was a bachelor. It was, but I really wanted to go with you guys. I was really sad. It was a blast, but like I said, 15, maybe 20 minutes max sober for a week. I had an absolute blast, and those were my kind of people. And there are a lot of vets that play 
Magic the Gathering. Oh, dude, it's so popular. Even StarCraft. That's where I first got into StarCraft was in the Army. StarCraft 2. Yep. Oh, dude, that was a blast. I'm a Zerg. I don't remember guy. his name, but shout out to that. I can't remember his name. Who was he in? The Buddy of mine in the Army. Oh, I thought you were talking about someone from the SPA. Down in Georgia. He got me into StarCraft, and I tell you what, this was back in the day. He had one of those uh, little black and red Verizon boxes, the wireless boxes. Oh, yeah. That you could tie wireless internet to your computer. Shoot, we'd sit on Firewatch playing games for... I mean, we weren't on Firewatch. We were... Free time, we were not playing games on Firewatch (laughs) at all. Not that I care, I'm out. I don't remember his name, but shout out to him, because he got me into video games. Yeah, it's called a DD214, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Come draft me, motherfucker. Russia keeps going, they might just be able to. Hey, no, they won't. We can't. No, you're too old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kiss my ass. I'll be here waiting for when they come back, but... You're still eligible, though. No, neither of us are. I thought 32. Uh, 32, but DD214 is like last resort really you'd think that'd be first resort because you're already trained nope they want 18 to 25 and then they'll take 26 to 30 yeah but how many of those guys could you throw in fatty camp and then just push out because they don't have to go through basic it doesn't matter like just shove them out there meat grinder half of them are gonna plead what is it (laughs) called pussyitis or something (laughs) (laughs) oh dude i'm going for the insanity plea if they try to draft me it's it and I think I can pull it off, because quite frankly, I am. <laughs> I think we all are. We're a different generation of vets. But, but, well, I think um, I think that's about all we got for you guys. We're going to have to do a new episode talking about dragons, because quite frankly, we didn't get a whole lot of dragon <laughs> talking. Hey, you know what? We got into we got into the progression of dragons, but this was just... This was more of a meta episode, and I like that. Like, the, the actual meta of popular culture, and I, so I, that's we, interesting. We've been doing some statistical analyses of he our has. podcast. I, I, I've been really kind of doing a crunch of numbers... Uh, 3.33 repeating, of course. Uh, I, I cannot do math. <laughs> Leroy <so> Jenkins! <laughs> I am the Leroy Jenkins. I am not the original guy, but I did that before he did. Um, I do that in every game. My yes, you do, which is why I don't like playing Swotar with you. My first run is always just draw everything, see how far you can get. Because quite frankly, you don't know your limits till you die. Especially when I'm the tank and Phil's DPS and he's just like, <laughs> I can throw lightsabers everywhere <laughs> And the whole dungeon gets aggroed and I just leave the dungeon. <laughs> hey, I won that one. No, you, yeah, because I interceded and saved you with my tank. Well, you, you dropped out early. Because <laughs> I play a Sith Juggernaut, I can pull aggro from basically the whole dungeon. You dropped out early, but I, I, I defeated it at the end. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, just through some statistics, I, I've been noticing some trends. And so we're going to try some new things for you guys. And quite frankly, use yeah. our email. Send us, you know, if you guys have suggestions, we're we're always open to suggestions for episodes. Cameron's gonna get the Twitter up. Uh-huh. He's gonna get the Twitter up. Uh huh. And we're gonna cause some waves, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to being a troll. I will start the Twitter, and then I will pass the reins to you. I gave you the tablet. You did. Set it up. It, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but in all seriousness, um, Discord's still up and running. I see we have a couple of new people join Discord. Welcome. Uh, email hiveascummyvillains at gmail.com. That's S-C-U-M-M-Y, villains. And Instagram is, I promise by the end of next week, it'll be up. Yeah, and we really did spend last weekend talking and, and trying to figure some things out. Yeah. And I think we're both in agreement that we want to do a couple of moves in a little bit of a different direction. Mm-hmm. Not changing the, the the premise of the podcast, but stepping back a little bit from specific storylines. Trying, We're trying to get a bird's eye view as opposed to... Doing a, a little more of the meta, doing a little more of the pop culture, and a little yeah. more of the overall... Mm-hmm. So that, like today, talking about the dragons, the phenomenon that is dragons in pop Kinda culture. Kind of like a lot of our older episodes used to be. Yeah. Which is why, you know, a lot of our older episodes are extremely popular because they were 
not as niche. When we started getting into the more niche and obscurities of fantasy and science fiction, we noticed a lot of people weren't as interested, which is fine. The ones who were interested were devotees who understand the science behind what we're talking about. But we understand as the education system declines, we have to change our ways. <laughs> it declined on you real hard. <laughs> on me? <laughs> but I'm oh, excited. Oh, that's right, because I'm I got it. I'm a welding instructor now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not I, getting into that. I... I'm really excited for for what we think we're going to be able to do, and I'm excited to bring you some new content. And we hope you guys are going to be excited, too, because the direction we're taking this podcast is within the next month, you guys are going to notice a lot of changes. Hopefully. Hopefully. If we don't drop the ball miserably. Yeah. (laughs) But as always, uh, have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good week. Thank <laughs> you.